Welcome back to this episode of The Catholic Money Show. I am thrilled for you to eavesdrop in on this conversation that I get to have with Brittany White from The Deliberate Day. Uh, She's here, and we are going to dive into some juicy, fun, creative ideas that you might be able to implement in your family. But first, I just want to welcome Brittany to the show. Thank you so much. It is always a pleasure to be with you and to speak to you. I am so pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited that you said yes. Uh, (laughs) It took us a couple tries to get this episode actually on the docket and being recorded. So I'm I'm so glad that we're here. Praise the Lord for that. Um, For those of you who maybe have not had the privilege of getting to know you before, would you be able to just in a nutshell describe who you are, who your family is, and what the Deliberate Day does? Absolutely. So I am Brittany White, and the Deliberate Day really stemmed from a lot of the challenges I was having in my motherhood. And it started building in various mothers groups in ways that I was trying to reach out and help other people. I'm very passionate about the fact that I think everything is better organized. I think everything is better planned well. (laughs) If you saw when we talk about being adventurous, my husband and I, we love adventuring, but I love adventuring organized. So that's kind of the inside joke for us. And it was my love of organization and finding the best way to do things. One of my big motivations is improving things. It's something I've done since I was a kid. Put me in any situation, drop me into anything from catering to working construction. And I will, by the (laughs) end of the day, be like, okay, here's how we could do it better, which is a double-edged sword. But by the grace of God and by the Holy Spirit, it's been a really beautiful aspect of how the deliberate day came about and was built. And so... I have been married 16, 17 years to my husband, and he is, as cliche as it sounds, my absolute hands-down best friend. He is just my joy so much through and through, and I am extremely blessed with my friendship and my marriage to him. That marriage brought about 11 pregnancies, four losses, our precious ones in heaven, and then we have seven here on earth with us. And their ages currently range from almost 16 all the way down to four. So we have the huge variety right now of teens all the way down to still kind of in the toddler areas. We're we're just now starting to see the light of not having any toddlers anymore, (laughs) (laughs) which I love them. I do. They have their wonderful aspects, but it's, it's starting to be a different dynamic now. And it's really been fun to see that. So it's also given me the opportunity as well to pour a little bit more time and energy into the deliberate day. And that is really just about helping mothers in various aspects. Meal planning is one of the largest aspects that we help them with. But I have a passion for helping parents, um, specifically mothers, raise adults, because I think there are skills that we are missing giving to our children. And it's their skills that my parents gave to me And I didn't realize they were not everywhere in everyone already until I started to raise my own children, meet other families and learn about the world in a much wider view than just my little family. So I'm on a mission to provide mothers with a little more organization in their day so they can find some sanity, uh, specifically to help them get anchors of their day hammered down, Mm -hmm. meal planning, huge area, huge anchor of our day. That's one of my my pet projects for sure. And then also this helping people raise adults. 
I love it. And if somebody is curious about the meal planning aspect, uh, Brittany actually joined me in an interview in our Catholic Money Summit um, mm-hmm. about that particular skill. So if if that is something that is of interest of you, go on over to CatholicMoneySummit.com and you can actually opt in and for a few days have access to that interview and go ahead and learn some of her best meal planning tips and tricks. Um, what were What are some of those other skills? I'm so curious that you know, you got to adulthood and you were like, wait a minute, nobody else knows how to blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first one I would say, being responsible with your finances. My parents actually encouraged us instead of getting a first job to intern. We were all homeschooled growing up. And so we were encouraged to intern with someone for six weeks. Wow. I happened to choose three different options. We wrote letters to them and then they responded to us. So we were able to choose who we would go with. I ended up choosing a lawyer. My sister ended up choosing an orthodontist. And the lawyer who accepted me was a bankruptcy lawyer. <laughs> and working in bankruptcies, I realized very quickly just how rare it is that people are raised to handle their finances responsibly mm-hmm. and well. And yeah. I learned a lot working there. And I learned more than anything what I didn't want to do and how I didn't want to do it. But my father has always been incredibly honorable has always kept up with his finances on Quicken, you know, back when it was like <laughs> just a checkbook registry. Yeah. And both of my parents, we we didn't have very much growing up. We were a big family at a hard time. My father was a deputy, and so he made <laughs> very little money. And they raised us really, we- really, really well on that, honestly. And mm-hmm. so I learned a lot from that that I didn't even realize until I got over older. So finances, I would definitely say, is one of them. Teaching our children to cook, and teaching our kids how to be entrepreneurial. Because a lot of these skills that I'm talking about, they waterfall into all kinds of different areas of our lives. When you learn how to handle your finances well, you then know how to grocery shop well. You then know how to work on building goals and dreams. Same thing with being entrepreneurial. You might think, well, maybe my kids don't want to be entrepreneurial. Maybe they want to be a doctor. Maybe they want to be a pilot. You don't really need to be entrepreneurial if you're not going to run your own business. But there are so many lessons that come from mm-hmm. teaching entrepreneurial skills. Maybe they need to sell themselves in an interview. Maybe these entrepreneurial skills will come in handy if they get into a bind and they get fired or they let, get let go. Yep. Or just goodness gracious, in all kinds of different areas, it pops up when you need to negotiate with people or you need to have respect for the job someone's doing. That working hard for yourself teaches you so, so many lessons. Amen. Oh my goodness, it does. And I'm so glad that you brought up that aspect of teaching our kids to be entrepreneurial and just the lessons, um, skills, habits, mindsets that we can kind of glean from doing something creative and putting it out in the world and seeing if somebody else wants to engage with it. I mean, that's entrepreneurism boiled up in a nutshell. You did something on Instagram that you shared. I mean, you did this in your real life. You've been doing it. But I caught it on Instagram a few months back. You were helping your kids to prepare for an upcoming craft fair. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have just one thing. You didn't have just two things. You had a bunch of different things that you and many of your kids had at different skill levels were able to create and make. And then you took these to the craft fair and sold them. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you questions about that. And that's really the the heart of today's episode is 
kind of unpacking that for our listeners because that was unusual and I loved it. Um, and I just want to hear more and I want to dive into that. So can you describe what was going on and, and how long have you been doing something like that as a family? We had been doing that a long time. I grew up with a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. I threw my first carnival, my backyard carnival, (laughs) when I was 12 years old. I (laughs) sold tickets. I made a ticket booth. I had games set up. I was employing neighborhood kids. So you can definitely say I've had a little bit of an entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit for a very long time now. And I love a project, any good project. So it's been really enjoyable to be able to encourage my children in the same thing. They've all wanted to earn money. I'm a huge fan of allowing kids to work for money and have the opportunity to touch, feel, and even waste money as a young mm-hmm. at a young age because I think that it teaches far more lessons than when we wait until they get their first job. Yeah. And I think that money has a unique way of playing on our our natural human tendencies to want things for ourselves and to want more than we can have and also to blow money. Money burns a hole in some people's pockets. Some people are natural savers, but a lot of times money will burn (laughs) a hole in someone's pocket. Even if you're a natural saver, I think there are tendencies to just blow that money. And I would much rather my children do that and learn these, the repercussions of it, the consequences Mm -hmm. of it that are just natural at a young age, instead of spending big money and finding out at that point that they've made big mistakes. And it Mm -hmm. just teaches something that we can't teach with words to give them actual time with money, handling it, seeing it, working for it. Those are all such valuable things. And so being able to encourage them to find a skill that they enjoy, to find something that's marketable has been Gosh, it has had so many benefits in our family. And I won't say it's not work. Like you said, we have kids doing each of them a different task. And it's my downstairs becomes, <laughs> what can you say? It's like, it, it's like Joanne's blew up in our downstairs. And we live like that for probably a month to a month and a half before the craft show or the craft fair that we're doing mm-hmm. arrives. And it does get a little hectic and a little crazy, but. I really wanted to encourage each of my children to choose something that they have interest in because I'm a big fan of finding not only something you enjoy, but something that the Holy Spirit, I think that when we work with the gifts and talents that we've been given, we find joy in those tasks, but we also find where God keeps touching other people through us. And so I've encouraged my children not to just pick one thing. We've done sewing, we've done woodworking, we've done felting, we've done macrame, we've done all kinds of different things. And each time a new one comes up, somebody changes their mind and they're like, oh, I think I'd like to completely switch from all the investment we made here and do something different. And I'm, (laughs) I'm always like, okay, you know that that means you have to make a new investment in these new products and in these new items. And that, you know, that in and of itself is a really good lesson that we get to pivot and we get to try things out and then we get to work hard if that's something that is worth it for us to make that switch to. So those are just some of the many, many benefits of encouraging my kids to get involved. One of the best ways to get involved and one of the first ways we got involved was through the Acton Children's Business Fair. And so Acton is the bigger group. And they've kind of set everything up to encourage business fairs in local areas. And so they give you everything you basically need. You just sign up through them. They give you the website that you can take all of the 
applications for. And then they help you talk to the city and they help you with a lot of the planning and organizing and rules and everything. So you're not just starting from scratch. So we had the benefit of getting involved with one in Pensacola. And it was incredible. It was one of the best things I've ever done with my crew, for sure. And it was really neat to see all these other kids putting all of their time and effort in. And it was really inspiring for my kids to see them doing that. Mm -hmm. So... I would highly recommend if you're interested in getting your kids involved in something, definitely look up the Acton Children's Business Fair. And there are a lot of them that are just constantly going on, people hosting them all over. So you can oftentimes just find one near your local area. Ours was a bit of ways away from us, but it was fully worth it to go and invest our time and energy into. So fascinating. So there there might be cities, you know, within a few hours of, you know, somebody listening that they could actually find this maybe through the website and kind of figure out what local options they have. Mm -hmm. That's so fascinating. Okay. So how many years ago was that, that you went to your first one? So I've been doing craft shows for probably 10 years now, but our first children's business fair was maybe five years ago, I think. And have you noticed improvements from the first fair to, you know, the latest one? Oh, most definitely. (laughs) There is a lot you learn by experience, for sure. And there is a lot that my kids learn. At the end of every business fair, at the end of every children's business fair, they actually fill out a survey. And that helps the people who are running the fair know a little bit more. But it really does help the kids hone in on their craft and things that they'd like to do differently or better. And then I created some things for my kids where we take notes when we come back home and we see, okay, what would you change? Did you enjoy having to sew all of those dolls or did by the end you hate sewing? Because if you hated sewing by the end, that's probably not the thing we want to do again. Right. Also, was it worth it? We look at how much their profits are, how much their expenses are. Are they happy with those numbers? Did they want to sell harder? My son, Declan, he would sell water to a dolphin. I mean, I... (laughs) I don't know where this kid came from, but all the time he's like, can I go to the end of the driveway and sell X, Y, and Z? And I've learned to just say, go for it, Declan, because this kid can sell like nobody else. And my oldest son was very smart. He does woodworking, but he prefers to be behind the scenes and be making all of the crafts. He doesn't enjoy the face-to-face interactions as much. So he paired up with his brother and they sold like hotcakes because Declan is that entrepreneurial, friendly seller spirit. And my my son has a lot of the talent for working with all of the woodworking. So it was really cute to see how they paired up and how well they worked together and how clever. Children are very, very smart and they learn so much more from experience than from what we can actually say or teach them. Because sometimes mm-hmm. some of my kids want to go into something and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to sell well. And I'll usually tell them because I'm, I wish I was that mom who just blindly supported everything and let everything come <laughs> awesome. But God created me to have a really hard time <laughs> not offering suggestions and improvements. So I do do that. And I just try to help prepare them for what to expect. But I do support them in whatever they choose. And so some of my kids have chosen things that were hard lessons to learn that mm-hmm. they didn't sell well or that they chose something and they picked colors that were not for the target market that they're going for. And so we've learned a lot about that over the years as well. 
going to a craft show is very different than setting up and selling at a yard sale. And Mm -hmm. going to a craft show is very different than setting up and selling at a children's business fair. And so it's been really helpful for them to get that experience at different shows and to learn each year what to do and what not to do. So fun. Uh, I'm curious about the the brother-brother partnership. The woodworker, was he paying a commission to the selling brother? They decided on percentages split. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's really fun, you know, that they're working yeah. out this relationship and this yes. um, you know, identifying their strengths and their skills and then doing something that actually works with those um, yeah. and is aligned with that. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. So what are, um, you mentioned a few of the items like you've sewn and, and then you said another one that I didn't under, I didn't know what it was. It was started with an M. What Mac- are some macrame? Macrame is all of the rope plant hangers or onion oh. hangers things like that, where they make the knots and ropes out of cotton, not in ropes, where they make the different baskets and hangers out of cotton rope. Oh, fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other endeavors? Is there painting? I mean, what kind of things? So we've made booklets. We've made little tiny felt dolls. We do a lot with wood. Wood is what I enjoy working with the most. And so I've definitely passed that on to my kids. We make wooden wands. We make ribbon wands, wooden guns, swords, shields. My daughter loves cooking and baking, and so mm-hmm. her love language was in sourdough bread at times, um, sourdough naan, the little flatbreads. Then this last time, she did upside-down cupcake ice cream cones, basically. So cake pops, oh. only they were little ice cream cones. And she loved that. She pretty much sold out of every single one of them. And I think she found something that she really enjoyed because it's really fun making these little, they're actually ice cream cones that have been sat down and look like they've started to melt. So she had a blast putting sprinkles on them and dipping them in different color chocolates and everything. Then my other daughter, she does sewing and she's kind of stuck with sewing here and there, but has found different variations to it. And she loves making, we call them little lolly dolls. They're just very simple dolls. They have no arms or legs, but they have different pattern bodies. And then they have cute, cute little faces with felt hair and little embroidered. So she's working on sewing, embroidery, and pattern matching. My youngest, Eleanor, she was the one who made the wands with me. And she's not my youngest. She's my second young, second to youngest. But when the way I worked with her was she can't sew everything. And so what I would do is work within her wheelhouse to help her on a product as much as I possibly can. Because my job, I feel, in this is to support them as much as possible without doing the project for them. I will not do right. anything for anyone. <laughs> but I will help you and support you as much as possible. So for her, she was laying out the felt and tracing it and then cutting it out. And then she was laying out sequins on each one and she was hand sewing the sequins because that was something within her wheelhouse. And then when it came to sewing the outside of the star, I sewed that up and then she stuffed it and put the stick in and glued it and we finished it off. And so that's kind of the way that they've done all of that. I'm trying to think if there's any other things. I know there are more things that we've worked on. I've seen people do lemonade. I've seen people do handmade coloring books. I've seen people do um, dog treats and kettle corn 
um, bubble mixtures. My kids really wanted to do bubble mixtures one year, but actually it was a year when there was mason jar shortages. So we ended up not doing that. And we don't use enough glass jars around here to have filled them on our own. But I was like, you know what? That would actually be a really good way to recycle is to start saving up jars and then fill them with liquid or the bubble liquid and then sell those. And so that started a good conversation with my kids of how can we reuse resources to honestly profit for our business, but also to take care of the planet that God gave us. And Mm -hmm. so... Has there been any surprises around profits? You know, you didn't think something was going to be super profitable, but then, wow, it just really blew up. Or something you thought, oh, wow, this is going to sell well and there's going to be some profits and whoops, it tanked. (laughs) Yes. I don't don't know that I was surprised, but I do think the kids were surprised. (laughs) Okay. And how, yeah, how do you handle those moments? Those are hard lessons. And... So I'll tell you, my my oldest son, he does woodworking. He loves the woodworking, absolutely loves it. It's right up his alley. And he did extremely well the first year we did it. And I thought he would do pretty well, but I didn't know he would do as well as he did. He made almost $500 profit. Wow. And he actually bought his own saw and he bought the materials and he bought the blades and the tools. And I was like, holy cow, how did you make that much after all paying for everything? It was really a big shocker. And he was like, this is it. I have settled into my craft. This is where I'm happy. This is where I'm comfortable. And he still sells really well each time. And he's growing into his own and starting to branch out and make new designs and everything. So it's been neat to see that flourish. Mm. That was a very hard lesson for my other kids, though, who did not sell as well. And It was also hard for actually that dynamic I told you about where they split. Declan got a lesser portion because he was not putting the time and effort out in the heat, cutting, sawing, sanding and doing all of that. So they settled on a lesser portion. But when that money started being divvied up and he saw the difference being split, it stung a little deeper that he had taken a lesser cut and had not wanted to put in as much effort to the actual building because they had talked about 50-50 split and what each one would have to contribute and so on and so forth. And Declan is surely a seller, but work <laughs> is not his favorite. More of the <laughs> so, show horse, not the workhorse. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. So as he's growing older, he's putting in a lot, a little bit more time and effort to work. But I think I see that because of the results we've seen. When you see how work results in pay and a more balance of your time and effort and what you get back, I think you start to say, okay, actually, maybe I do value putting my time and effort in here a little bit more. But for my other children, it was difficult also because boys tend to love swords and shields. And so you tend to get more boys coming to my son's tent and buying swords and shields. And moms appreciate that kind of stuff. So they're a little bit more willing to spend money on those things. Whereas for the girls, the first year my daughter did woodworking as well. And she did a whole bunch of stuff for girls. They did wood dolls. They did wood castles. They did wood play food. They did wood donuts and little trays to bake them on. And they did cute little wood stackers. They did a lot of really cute things. And they sold, but not as well. And so that was a hard lesson too. Is this a bad product? Is this the wrong place that we're selling? Is this not something you're interested in just because it didn't make enough money, but you actually do enjoy doing the the craft? 
And so there were a lot of good conversations that stemmed from that as well, but it didn't sell as well. So actually the next year she swapped and my two daughters went in together on the woodworking for the girls stuff. And the next year they both were like, nope, nope, I want my own business and I want to be able to make my own decisions. They wanted to be very <laughs> independent of each other, not have to split profits. <laughs> so it was really, really good lessons all around. My other daughter, third one in line, she did sewing the very next year. And my oldest daughter did paper products. That was another thing we got into. She made stationery. Mm. And we found out that stationery flies away in the wind. So that was a hard lesson. <laughs> we lost some, some stationery that day. But it was it was very intriguing to see that the stationery actually didn't sell as well because we see a decline very much so in people giving away thank you cards and other yeah. things. Yep. And so what actually did sell was she made, we actually messed up one of the frames and she ended up turning them into, what is the word I'm looking at? Gift card holders because oh. they were too thin. And so we curved the edges at the top and then folded them in three and it made slots for gift cards. Those actually sold really well. And she sold a lot. But the problem was is that paper products don't sell for very much. Right. So by the time you sell something and you've made $8 off of 20 items, your sister's made $8 off of one doll that she sewed. Yep. So that's also an interesting dynamic is, okay, if you're going to have 500 people come through and you have to sell 300 products to make as much as somebody else who's going to sell 30 products, how can you make that work? How can you bridge that gap? How can you sell something to make it worth your time and effort? So those were some good lessons. My daughter did very, very well that year. And I was, that one I was a little bit surprised on. I thought the dolls were super cute, but I wasn't sure if it, it's hard to tell. We do things a little more old school in our family. You know, I've seen people buy oriental trading stuff and just resell them. You're not supposed to do that. But that's not something that we value as a family. And it's not something we want to put back into the world, right? Yeah. We want to put things back into the world that are good and beautiful and that help you treasure things like imagination and everything. So yeah. these little lolly dolls that she made ended up selling really well. And she got pretty darn excited after the first year of making the wood toys, seeing these little lolly dolls sell so well. So that was a big surprise for her. Awesome. Yeah, I can imagine just different temperaments, oh, having yeah. different reactions. I can see, <laughs> yeah, the the cholerics and the sanguines having a good sale day and just be high on the hog. And then <laughs> yeah. maybe the phlegmatic like doesn't really care either uh -huh. way. And then the melancholic, if it's a bad day, ooh, tears. Yeah. <laughs> The melancholic is like, I could have sold more, you know? <laughs> right. That's true. So there's it's just... Only I had done. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Here's the ways I could have improved. Profit mm -hmm. margin. Which you know what I am. <laughs> For sure. So, oh, that's fun. I could just see there just being so many opportunities for, for just coaching yeah. a, in the human formation, you know, yes. just through something like this. Now... You mentioned, you know, one son profited $500. Others have been not as blessed with the profits. What have your kids chosen to do with some of these proceeds? And are they in complete control of them? Do some of, does some of it come back to, to support the family? That is a very good question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so 
we encourage our children and you could say force. <laughs> it's a rule. You have to do it. But it is an encouraged rule <laughs> that they split their money. If you make more than $100, we tell them to put 30% into their savings account. If you make less than $100, it's 20% to your savings account. And then we require at least 10% go back to some charitable anything. Mm-hmm. And we allow the children to pick whatever charity that they would like to give to. And I've actually found that my kids typically give about 15 to 20%. And so I just don't let them do anything less than 10%. Yeah. And they picked a lot of different things to give to. One of my children loves to use the money to do things for homeless people in our neighborhood, or not our neighborhood, but in our town. Another child really enjoys putting things in the basket at church. So pretty much every single penny went in there. And then my son, Brandon Paul, enjoys giving things charitably as gifts. And so his charity tends to come out at Christmas time, donating to angel trees or, and it, that's been a really beautiful thing for me as a mother to see is how they feel inspired to give and how they're fulfilled in their giving. Not that fulfillment is a necessary qualification, but it's been really beautiful to see how they're each called to give in different ways and how that benefits society at large and how it could continue to do that. Because if we build these skills and this selflessness to understand that what we have is really completely and entirely a gift from God and that we have this joy, it's not just an obligation, but this joy of being able to return that back and say, gosh, thank you so much for the gifts that you've poured upon me. Let me use those to do your will here in the world. So that's been a really beautiful thing. And then the rest of their money, we allow them to spend any way they'd like. So yes, that's been a really good lesson. I have some children who are very, very responsible with their money who will put even more into savings or they'll put money aside and say, okay, because we have a savings account for them that they're not allowed to touch unless it's agreed upon between their father, me and them. Mm-hmm. So that money is something we contribute their age in money every month to that savings account. And then we encourage our children to travel and to experience different things. And so that money is there for them to be able to pull from for big experiences. And that's something that has to be discussed with us. So my son, my third son, my second son, <clears throat> the one in the middle, he like I said, is that little entrepreneurial spirit. He's also the one that money burns a hole in his pocket. That's very <laughs> So <laughs> he makes money as fast as he spends money. But he wanted to use the money from the account to buy a hoverboard. And so I, I said, you know, here are the things that your father and I really value. This is the money that we put in, you know, to help you encourage you to do these things that we value and that we as a family value. And then I also entertain any requests that they want, though. We'll sit down. We'll discuss the hoverboard. They have to bring a good argument as to why they want the hoverboard, how it's going to improve their life, you know, things like that. Because I feel like that money is there for so many different facets of lessons. And so it gives us the opportunity to do those things. And then they're contributing a large part anytime they make money. Anytime they make money here in the house, also, we do allowances or chore money, really. That's that's what it breaks down to. And they don't get paid when they don't do their chores. They do get paid. I grew up not being paid at all chore money. Right. But we decided maybe six or seven years back to do chore money because I said kids are not ever going to learn how to work with money if they only get money for their birthday. 
Yes. And when you get money yeah. for your birthday in, in our home, that was a gift for you from someone else. And so mm-hmm. I don't encourage them to put all the money divided up into everything else. I allow them to use that money to buy whatever they'd like. So it's money that we work hard for, or it's money that comes to us um, in different ways other than a gift that mm-hmm. I we do the 30%, 20% and division of everywhere. So yeah. that being said, <laughs> sorry, I think I got sidetracked on your question. No, no, that was a very good answer, a very thorough answer. Um, and I, I found myself just being so thankful that, you know, you are doing this. Um, you know, we have a program where we teach kids how to, how to manage their money. And one of the things that, you know, parents will come to us and they'll want to send their kid through it, but they don't, their kid is not earning any money. Mm -hmm. They don't have any way to have money. And Mm -hmm. it's like having your kid watch a video about gymnastics and they're going to learn gymnastics. No, we don't. We learn by doing. Of course, we can learn a little bit by seeing, but it will only go so far. And you have to get money flowing through your kids' hands in order to allow them to build the skills and the virtues Mm -hmm. um, and the habits that are going to serve them in adulthood. So I love that your kids are regularly having this money come to them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I don't think that it's wrong to to be forcing. I think it's good to say, here's our our boundaries for our family and how Mm -hmm. we're going to instruct you to go ahead and and make sure that some of this money is going to generosity. Some of it's going to savings. Um, Those are just that's just prudence. That's not mean or an overstep. So I love that you guys are doing that. And especially with the generosity component, I'm not surprised that your kids are giving, you know, 15, 20% because kids, um, they have such generous hearts. They're not as stingy as we are as adults. They're not afraid that there's not going to be another payday. Um, Mm -hmm. they're just more open. And if they see a need, they, they, they want so much Mm -hmm. to be able to meet that. And if they have the money that I think it, makes them light up even more than if they had the money to maybe buy the Lego set. Um, and so I just love that you're seeing that happening with your kids. And then as, as their obligations grow as they get older, it might not be the reality, but I love that that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, but yeah, I think that kids do need some form of money to learn how to manage it. And you have shown that and demonstrated that and seen it. Um, with your own kids through this very unique way that you're allowing them to to earn money. Um, so I've just loved this conversation so much. Um, I know that there's other listeners who want to learn more from you. They want to they want to see the Instagram stories when you go to that next craft fair. Trust me, you do want to see it. It was so fun to see um, your family preparing. How can folks follow up with you and learn more from you? I am on Instagram at The Deliberate Day. And then you can also find my website, thedeliberateday.org. Mostly we're just on Instagram and the website right now. If you want to touch base with me, I check my Instagram daily. I respond to all the messages. I'm, we're still pretty small. So I'm the belly button for everything. And I love talking to people. I love connecting with other mothers. I love answering questions if you have any questions about what I do. So I would love for you to reach out and chat with me about this or about meal planning or anything. Awesome. Go follow up. I will also link to those websites mentioned in the show notes. Thank you all for tuning in this week. Until next time. Bye for now.
thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.